Welcome to Unity of Tucson. Today's message I titled, What Do You See? What do you see? Question mark. What do you see? Question mark. And um, it was partially inspired by the thought that I knew he was singing this song today, and it starts off with, I see. What, what, what is it that we see in this world? Because what we see is a choice. The manner in which we see it is a choice. And I think that it's really important that we step back a little bit into recognizing that fundamental, what I think is a fundamental truth that what we see is a choice and the way we see it is a choice because we can get so lost in the way other people are trying to get us to see things. But what we see is a choice. When I was growing up here in Tucson, there was a period of time, I was uh, probably eight or nine years old and uh, we lived for a period out by Three Points. Do you know where Three Points is? So if you take Ajo and keep going and keep going. <laughs> and back in those days, when I was much younger, there was like nothing. I mean, it's, pretty, it's built up out there quite a bit now, but there was nothing out there. And one of the things that I used to love is, you know, as a, as a like, a wide-eyed little boy, I would sit out there and I would look at the stars. And I was always so amazed at the expanse of stars and the Milky Way. I mean, you could really see the Milky Way out there because there was not the light pollution that you experience in the city. So you could really like see it. And it was like crystal clear detail, it felt like. And oh, I just loved, loved, loved that experience growing up. I've always been a little bit of a an amateur lover of all things astronomy. An amateur astronomer, uh, professional in all things that I love about astronomy, I guess. <laughs> um, and there are times when people will come into my office for a meeting, and I have a telescope that sits in my office, and people always comment on the telescope. They say, oh, it's a telescope, and I say, yes. I love looking and seeing the heavens, and, uh, and then I remind myself, wow, I haven't looked at it since last fall. I've not taken it out and actually used it since last fall, so maybe it's time. But I got so excited this week, and you may, you may understand why, if you, if, if, if you follow astronomy at all, this was a very exciting week. Anyone know what I'm talking about, right? Like, come on. You know, the thing about telescopes and the thing about looking up into the heavens is that they are giving us the opportunity to look further back in time, because that's ultimately what we see. We see the light by the time it gets to us. I'm not going to go into all the details and the technical details and the scientific explanation around that, but we are looking backwards in time as we look. And I'm always so moved by this idea. October 11th, 2020 was a Sunday. And I was up here, and uh, I was giving a talk, and I put up on the, on the wall an image that, was, um, that had been taken over the course of 10 days by the Hubble Space Telescope. It's called the Ultra Deep Field, 
right? And I talked a lot about what that was. And, and part of my message that day was to invite this question. And the question was, how does that make you feel? Now, the ultra deep field image was basically a whole bunch of galaxies. And from a distance, you would go, oh, well, it's all stars. No, they were all galaxies. So the image that they were first released this week, oh my goodness. <laughs> like, come on. So, you ready? So this is by the James Webb Telescope, and they, it's, it's, they've colored it, they've basically put color to it, but this is what infrared light is captured. Now that big thing in the middle with the, with the that's actually a star, but pretty much everything else in that is a galaxy. The area that you are seeing in this, imagine that you had a grain of sand between your thumb and your forefinger and you held it at arm's length and you put it up there. The grain of sand is the area that that is covering in the sky. There are tens of thousands of galaxies in that. Let's wave at our neighbors. <laughs> wave at the neighbors, Mary says. How does this make you feel? I heard the word little. Grand. Excited. Part of it. Insignificant? Okay. What is it? Wonderfully insignificant. This image excites me. And it does not make me feel insignificant. In fact, it makes me feel significant because I look at this image and I recognize that that's who I am. That's who each and every one of us is. We are the light of the universe expressing here and now. And we can make a choice to feel insignificant in the grandness of the universe, or we can recognize that we are part of that. And how significant is that? I get excited by that. You know, Rumi wrote uh, that, the Sufi mystic, you know who Rumi is? So Rumi wrote, you are not a drop in the ocean, you are the entire ocean in a drop. You are not a speck of dust in the universe. You are the entire universe in a speck of dust. Like, really think about that. Everything that makes up our physical expression is star stuff. We are made up of exploded stars. I just love this stuff. <clears throat> and in feeling significant in light of what we may perceive as our place in the universe, it makes me step back and go, what are the things that I make so darn important in my life that perhaps are not so important? because I can get lost in all of it. I can get lost in all of the politics. I can get lost in all of the dialogue. I can get lost in all of the fighting. I can get lost in all of the ways that we combat each other. But when I look at this and know that this is who I am and I recognize it, that this is who each and every one of us is, it makes all of that stuff disappear. 
it makes it all disappear for me, and I'm ready to let it go once and for all. Perhaps recognizing who we are in the grand scheme of things, we can all make a choice today to just let it go, all of that stuff. It is not important. It really isn't important. But boy, do we love to make it important because it makes us feel like, ooh, this is my life that I'm living and I'm going to make it really important, all these little itty-bitty things, and I'm going to get myself involved with this and get involved with that. Ooh, yeah. Go out and look at the sky once in a while. I mean, there it is. There is all this life all around us. And, you know, the the scientists are always talking about, oh, we're searching for life, right? We're searching for life out there. And are we the only life that exists in the expanse of the universe? Well, first of all, no. And I think we need to redefine what life is because that is life. Everything that is, is life expressing itself because there is only one life, the life of the divine, the life of pure spiritual energy, the life of the creative creator. There is only life, and we are, all, we are all vibrating as life all the time. So there is all of this life, even in the things that we look at as not having a living expression. There is life in this piano. There's definitely life in this piano, and the way that this magnificent woman puts life into this piano. <clears throat> but like... All the things that we look at and we think, oh, that's, that doesn't have life in it. If you take it down to its smallest particle, it's all the same stuff we are. So why do we assume there is no life? We are life. It is all life. So there is all this life and there are all these people out there experiencing this life and their only desire is to control others. I didn't know I was going that direction, did you? <laughs> But you know what I've kind of realized this week? In light of all the challenges that we seem to be facing in the world and, 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 and how it seems like in recent years it's all gotten heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier, we are the ones who can decide for it to be light. Because here's the thing, those people who are out there trying to control us are the ones who are imprisoning themselves. And I am ready to say no to that. No, I will not accept this. I will not accept this. I know the truth of my being, and I know the truth of every single person I encounter. We are the infinite power and presence, so let us stop trying to control. Let us stop trying to be in competition with each other, because the only way that we will move through and grow and evolve as a collective expression of this magnificent thing called life is to understand that we are in this thing together. We absolutely, yes, we are absolutely in this thing together. And the best thing we can do is work to find that comprehensive understanding of cooperation. We say it every Sunday here and in so many spiritual centers and churches all over the world. We say we are here to be the light. We are here to be the life. We are here to express the joy. And then we walk out through these doors and boy, life takes over. Life takes over, doesn't it? <laughs> Just remember that anybody who is out there trying to manipulate or control others is the one who is imprisoning themselves. That was, boy, that was freeing for me to really 
engage in that understanding at a deeper level this week. Because they are imprisoned by their own sense of limitation. They look at the world as limited. Well, I, I look at that. <laughs> I look at that and I say, what, how, why, why, why are we limiting ourselves? Why are we limiting ourselves? So I'm ready to let it all go so much more than ever before this week. Um, I think when we feel limitation, when we feel limitation, that is the call, you know, the unfortunate call in us to want to try and limit others. Yeah, anyone ever here feel like they've, they've, they've experienced limitation in their lives? Uh, actually, it's so funny. I usually don't ask for a show of hands because <laughs> it's usually a rhetorical question for reflection. Um, but I did see hands go up. I'm going to invite us all to let go of any sense that we are limited in any way once and for all, because we're not. If we believe what it is we teach here, that we are the infinite power and presence of this divine creative energy, this principle that we call God, if we claim here we are God, then what is there to limit us? I'll tell you, only our erroneous beliefs, only the ways we decide to be limited. So I'm making a new decision today. And the problem ultimately is not that there's anything out there to limit us. The problem is that we perceive that limitation. It's only in perception. So the problem is perception. And how do we change that perception? Zoom out. Open it up, zoom out. It is miraculous to be alive and to experience life, don't you think? So this song begs the question, what do you see? Because I choose to see a wonderful world. I choose to see a wonderful expression of life in everything. I choose to see God at the core of all that is. I choose to see these things. And it is in the macrocosm, the universal, as readily as it is in the microcosm. When I see trees of green, red roses too, and I see them bloom for me and you, I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I once when I was in studies to become a minister, we were tasked with the question to consider, where is God? It's a little question. And I came up with this thought because I think about these things, the macrocosm and the microcosm, and I said, you know, we seek God outside the self so frequently, and we look to the heavens, and we think God is there, and we can keep looking and keep looking and keep looking. And that image that I keep pointing to but is no longer up there, <laughs> that image represents 14 billion years or something like that that we're seeing. And we can keep going and keep going. And I think what we're going to ultimately find is that it goes even deeper than that. And as we keep going and keep going and keep going, what we're finding is that there is no limited God. There is only God, infinitely. And if we seek God within, we can keep drawing it down to the most minute, the microcosm 
of the microcosm of the microcosm of the microcosm. And I think that this can go on infinitely. And what we will find is God infinitely. And there is no difference between the micro and the macro. And yet, I feel sometimes like what we are experiencing in this thing called life is a space between that and that. And we're never quite sure where to go. That liminal space, the threshold, that's what we're experiencing. You know, I've talked about the liminal space before, and uh, it can be really challenging to live in that liminal space. The liminal space means the space between, if you aren't sure what liminal means. It's like the threshold, literally, between that and that. And I, we, we inhabit all the time that space in between what will be, what has been, and that is really scary because we want to create our lives based on what we know, but if we limit ourselves based on what we know, then everything that flows forth is only rooted in that which we know. And today I'm saying break it apart to not be so sure. To not be so sure that we know what it is or where we're going. That's what it is, I think, to live in the excitement of the divine creative energy that is God. So today it's about getting excited for life. So we create this space, we create in this space stories, right? Because I often say we put stories into, we, we create stories in the space of the unknown because we're trying to fill the gaps because we like to know things, don't we? Yeah, so it's easy to get caught up in the perception of those stories being somehow real. In those stories, we often create challenges for ourselves because we know about the hero's journey. And if I have a challenge that I must overcome, then I must be worth something. You are worth something just because you are, because you exist, not because you have overcome anything in your life. Maybe our work is to create new habits in mind that are not so tied to all the limitations we perceive either in the past or the limitations we are setting up for ourselves in the future. Our job is to see clearly. Our job perhaps may be to once and for all turn the focus of understanding away from things like trying to understand why bad things happen that's a trap, by the way. You will never understand why bad things happen. You will also never understand why good things happen. So let's top, let us stop trying to figure it out and just live fully, wholeheartedly, knowing the truth of our being. In that space of the unknown, that threshold space, that liminal space, the space between what was and what will be, the here and now, in that space of the unknown, I think we should maybe decide to live in that space, seeing it all through a lens of wonder, of awe. That's what that image does for me. It helps me break down the limitations of the limitations of the limitations. <sighs> and understand it from the point of view of awe and wonder. If we look through life, if we look at life through the lens of wonder, what might we see? 
This month, we've been talking about the power of understanding as one of the 12 powers that have been identified and codified by Charles Fillmore in a movement. Here's the thing, those 12 powers are limiting. Let's break open our understanding that it's infinite. It's not just the 12 powers. It's the infinite power that we are. This power of understanding, however, is rooted in a notion that there can be something to be understood, that there can be questions to be explored and answered, and that through the gift of awareness, because that's what God is, God is infinite awareness, through the gift of awareness that we are, we can make determinations about our life. And we should, but break it open even more to the greater sense of wonder and awe and make determinations rooted in wonder and awe. Because as we become aware of the breadth of life that we are, through that comprehension, I think we find realization and we find revelation. And that revelation may be ultimately rooted in grace. Grace, another word that I luxuriate in. Grace, the capacity to surrender our need to control, our need to manage, or our need to fix, so that we just may live more open-minded and peaceful. That's how I define grace. Letting go. The Dalai Lama wrote, we cannot solve our problems only through prayers. Humans have created the problems, and now we are asking God to solve them? <laughs> it is illogical. God would say, solve it yourself because you're the one who created it in the first place. I don't know that he, I don't know that the Dalai Lama quite gave that sass to it. <laughs> we have a choice. We have a choice. The New Thought philosophy, Unity's philosophy, the basic principles of unity, does not require us to think alike. What it does require is an awareness that we think, and that our thinking is creating our reality, rooted in belief, and that we can choose our thoughts, we can choose our beliefs, and we can choose the feeling that wraps them all up. Therefore, we can choose our reality. So, the question that I leave you with today is, what do you see? What reality are you choosing? What are you choosing to see? It's a good question to leave the day with. Peace and blessings to you. You are magnificent. This week's homework, I'm going to invite you to uh, enjoy the question, one of my favorite questions in life. Some of you will, will know this question right the moment I say it. And the question is, what wants to happen here? In any given moment, in any given circumstance, ask yourself the question, what wants to happen here? Break down the bonds of what you think you know. I'm also offering to each and every one of you a to-do list this week. Uh, you will find copies of the to-do list in the back pocket of your seats. You'll see a thing that says to-do list. If you don't have one right with you, there are, there's a stack of them at the back as well. This is your daily to-do list that I'm encouraging us all to engage in this week. Number one, practice kindness. 
Two, let go of things you can't control. Three, count your blessings. Four, listen to the higher voice within. Five, be a demonstration of calmness. Six, shine your light that the world may see. And what's number seven? Share this list with someone. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.